Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. When technology works, it's a beautiful thing. When it doesn't work, it's a nightmare. What are you referring to? (laughs) Two things. The fact that our last episode for those people who watched or tried to watch, we thought we hit record. And by we, I mean me uh, this time. I thought I hit record and I didn't. Maybe I took a photo. I don't know. (laughs) So anybody who want to see the books I was book, I was referring to humility rules um, by St. Benedict. Um, Also, right before we hit record for this it was like stuck on the podcast like beginning it was like i was like oh, and we weren't recording sad. and he was like wait a second wait a second wait a second it was, <laughs> just it was, couldn't get off it was a nightmare so prodigal and the priest and me i really like calling this I, I wish we didn't call it prodigal and the priest and me i wish we called it the question edition prodigal and priest the question edition? Yeah. Like, I don't or know. Or the questions. It. Yeah, maybe we'll change it. I don't know. Let's get we, some feelers out there. Who's going to tell us no? <laughs> That's right. We have all power. <laughs> all power and authority has been given to us. Yeah. Therefore, name that Bible verse. <laughs> it's from John. Matthew twenty-eight twenty. All right, fine. There you yeah, go. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, actually, 18 through 20. But anyway, so this is the questions... <laughs> Uh, rendition of prodigal and the priest and me um and so we got some fun ones we got some funny ones we got some serious ones so here we go anonymous i'm gonna start with the fun one because we i i I gave you a little spoiler alert that somebody submitted this question and it just made me it's amazing yeah i love this question happy about this so anonymously writes most scientists say that you should not eat after 8 p.m. at night. So if this is the case, why are there lights in a refrigerator if we shouldn't eat late at night? It's so amazing. It's an interesting... So such a great question. We said that, Adam. We were both like, this is amazing. One of our coworkers was like, because it could be dark in a box in a fridge. I'm like, no. Like, if you're opening... Maybe I mean, maybe... or something... Right. Yeah, just take your candle though and just no. But it is a funny kind of question to think about of why things are invented or done certain ways, right? Yeah. Let's like get, let's get meta on this. Like I want to bring butter into it for a sec. Okay. I've been to many houses. Some people refrigerate butter. Some people don't. Depends on the kind of butter, I bet. Maybe. Whether it's butter or fake butter. Maybe. Like, I'm talking about like a stick of butter, though. Or whether they are British or American. Right. Plays a part. So when did we decide, hey, when I open the refrigerator or the freezer, I need a light in it? Because if you go to the old freezers, like, I bet, I don't know, open that freezer. I'll do my best. Does that have a light in it? Oh, yeah. yeah, it has a light in it. But you could have easily seen into it and what is there. Like when in our culture did we decide to say, you know, 
I'm having a lot of eyesight trouble in the refrigerator areas. Let's put a light bulb a in there. A small little bulb. That is so hard to replace and costs about $40. Does it really? I've never had to replace one. Yeah. Okay. Clericalism. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying, though? How do things become like that? I kind of I kind of want to zoom in and say, why don't we have more light in the refrigerator? Like LED? Yeah, like a whole strip like along the back or something. Change colors? Yeah. During the liturgical Ooh, it seasons? You, it could change colors to tell you when the food like, something was running out or See? Now well, now mean, we're we critically already, thinking. We already kinda have that though. Like there is a you know, there's a light in there if there's a water filter or something, right? They'll go red. Yeah, but do you I don't know. No, I never changed that either. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much it's just easier to get the tap water from yeah, there. Yeah. Exactly live in america yeah but it's just it's a great question i don't know i'd be curious what our listeners think i just i i like the i, I would be curious what they think i want to hear some feedback on that i wish we had a number you could call right now <laughs> from the future when you're hearing just that. give them your cell phone number <laughs> <laughs> give them yours <laughs> probably most people have mine so it's not an issue right. all eight of our listeners um both her moms have her numbers <laughs> right I just like the connection together with like the don't eat after 8 p.m. Because it gets dark before 8 p.m. Sometimes. During daylight savings right Right? now. Right. But in the summer it doesn't. Yeah. How is that a comeback? Sometimes. Uh, Sometimes. What I'm saying is sometimes you could still be eating within the permissible range of times. And it would be dark. And what's the earliest you can eat, right? What constitutes the next day? Is midnight really the next day? I'm just saying I get up early. I know you like to sleep in and everything, and the sun's probably well up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I have a child who gets up early, but we digress. It is interesting. I want to know the facts, but no way I could Google this and find out when we're light bulb. I, I, I'll look into it because the next question more applies to you. So I'll, I'll look into it while you're doing that. So thank Maybe you to and, whoever anonymous try and find is. fridges that don't have light bulbs in them. See when the first one, right, or when the last one you can find that doesn't have a light bulb. But thank you, anonymous. That was a delightful question. Okay. This next one more applies to you because I'm not a priest yet. (laughs) Have you ever? So this is from Thor. First off, Thor, thank you for actually. Yeah. First off, the courage. Cool name. Second off, actually putting your name down. We don't get that a lot. Have you ever heard of a priest accidentally, accidentally, um, transubstantiating bread into the Eucharist when they aren't at mass. Also is pasta, is it pasta sauce or pasta gravy? Thank you, Thor. You are awesome. Pasta gravy. Are you kidding me? Get out. Of of course it's gravy. American Italian. No. Yeah. It's gravy. My, my mom and my grandparents, all that. They're like, Hey, you want some gravy on your pot? Yeah. It's gravy. And what my great grandmother said, the reason that it is gravy is because once you add meat to it, it becomes gravy. Before that, it's just sauce. 
You add meat to it. It's gravy. You yeah. have no you have no Italian in you. You don't get a say on this question. Thor, thank you like for asking me. But lived in Italy for seven years. Yeah, and did you ever hear it called gravy? No, because they spoke Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Gravivo. <laughs> not bad. Um, okay, but uh, answer the uh answer the, oh, the first uh, part. Yeah, consecrating the Eucharist. Yeah. Uh no, because you have to have the intention to do what the church does um to consecrate um and so there's no way you could do it accidentally uh first of all secondly if you did say uh, the words of consecration outside of a liturgy and you had the proper matter in front of you and you were intending to consecrate you would and it would be an extremely grave sin to do so really yeah it's really not okay to play around with the sacraments like that. Mm-hmm. But the Makes theo- sense. theological opinion is that it would be a valid consecration, um, but extremely illicit. Um, yeah, very serious sin. So you can't confect a sacrament accidentally. They're not magic. It's not a matter of just saying the words. It's a matter of intention uh, because it's Christ who acts in persona Christi through the priest. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and that's why that's why the words matter as well, right? Like the word um, for baptism, for instance, is I and not we. It's because it's the priest speaking I and Christ right. through him speaking that I. And if it's we, then the it's very confused. Um, but yeah, can't be done accidentally. Uh, good question. Um, and yeah, if. If a priest were to abuse a sacrament like that, it would be um, late sententiae excommunication just by the fact itself. Whoa. Um, and he would have to have that lifted by the Holy See. I think it might be his bishop um, because it would be a grave, uh, grave delict. Um, Dude, I'm going down. I, I've just got to interrupt. I'm fridges right now. I'm going. There is literally a website that is titled "Major Appliances, Major History: The Refrigerator and Freezer Through History." That is incredible. This, no, this, this is, is not it? okay. That people. This goes back to last episode. What people have spent and given their life to. I mean, but how would we ever solve this? Question? I mean, it's like talking about without a freezer as the major appliance. We can look back to the 11th century. The refrigerator ah. coil was used to condense vapors, but in 17. 17- 48 i'm like century. holy moly what is going on we'll we'll you look into that, the light you know that the word uh refrigerate day that's <laughs> italian nope so <laughs> it means uh it means to to recool but like all the way back i'm gonna be like that website you're reading all the way back in the time of the uh roman empire for instance in latin they had rooms called frigidarium. It was a cold room. And they had ways that they would cool it down. It was part of like the sort of imperial spa system. You mm. can you can see these are these are like big hits if you go to archaeological sites because you can see like the hot room, the caldarium, um, where they would I forget, they would heat up something and pump in the air underneath the floor and stuff. And you can see all that uh, archaeologically. Um, and then they would go from there to like the tepidarium 
or to the frigidarium. I forget which order they like to go in. But you can hear by the words, right? Caldarium, that's the hot one. Tepidarium is tepid. Yeah. Uh, frigidarium is cold. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. So just saying, the concept, I think, I think that question gets even more interesting um, trying to figure out when the first light was put in a refrigerator um, because you have to define refrigerator kind of precisely because the concept has been around for a long time. Long time. Long time. Long time. All right. Sorry. All right. Next question. Partial comment more um, than uh, question, but we'll go with it. So John asks, hey, Father Paul and Joey, in the latest episode of your podcast, this is back when the Mary one, so probably second latest, but you talked a bunch about Mary. I think it would be worthwhile to have an episode about St. Joseph. Did you know the church calls him the prince of the church, but also one of the coolest titles, I think, Terror of Demons. demons. I can't remember the book, but there was a prophecy about how the tomb of St. Joseph will one day be found. Um, What, and also talking about the staircase that was supposedly built by St. Joseph. Yeah, in Loretto. So not so much a question, but yeah, maybe we'll do one on Joseph. For sure. It's a great name. Yeah. Uh, sure. It's a good name. <laughs> Sorry. Just, Walked just into that one. Just with things. I mean, it's a good name. Um, yeah. I read a book on St. Joseph once that I really liked. Actually, there were two of them. One of them was called Go to Joseph. It was a really small book. The other one was really good. I read it on retreat. I don't remember what it's called right I'm now. I'm trying to remember the one I read, too. I read one that was pretty good. Yeah. No, uh, I really did. St. <laughs> um, Joseph, great, underappreciated saint. Can't imagine growing up with, growing up. I can't imagine living with two perfect people. Yeah. And so we'll get to that topic some other time. Yeah, um, we'll save but, our. But for now, consider praying the litany of St. Joseph, uh, especially on Wednesdays, which is a day kind of traditionally set aside for um, uh, prayers to St. Joseph. Um, the Litany of St. Joseph is really beautiful. It's something I've been reciting on Wednesdays for, for quite a while now. Mm. Um, also consider taking some time to reflect on the words he speaks in Scripture. So many. The words spoken about the Old Testament Joseph go to Joseph, <laughs> Itead Yosef. Um, right. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's like Joseph as a type because they got the same name. Right. But in case you didn't catch on yeah, to okay. it, Father Paul did, there, there's no words yeah, of St. Joseph in the New Testament. So great. Thanks, John, for asking. Greg, listener Greg, actually, oh. this says. Listener, listener Greg. Listener Greg. I, okay, so not I, our seminarian who declared himself not a listener. I don't know. Do you think so? No, he, he said when, uh, well, okay, things might have changed since then. But when he was on the podcast, he said, you'll have to forgive me. I'm not a listener. But maybe now he is. But maybe he's trying to throw us off the off the scent. So if this is a different Greg, we apologize. If this is Greg the Seminarian, <laughs> we've caught on to you. Okay. We're on to your Howdy, show. guys. Love the pod. Hmm. I think he's throwing like it, but, 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 but wait for this question. Let's see if I can thread the needle to find a sports-centric way to ask a faith question. So already... Sounding more like... Or like Greg. Thread the needle. That's a sports term. Okay. Is it? 
Yeah, like he threaded the needle, like he got it like perfect. I feel like that's a sewing term. Yeah, like they take it from there, apply it to sport. Anyway, in football, like he threads the needle, like in between okay, two yeah. players. No, you hit a really hit threaded a drive the needle between down like a tight fairway. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, here's a question. It's been 7.5 years since Pope Francis was selected number one overall in the papal draft. <laughs> this sounds a little bit like Greg. I'm not going to yeah, lie. it does. When he was picked to be the face of the franchise. As draft analysts, what grave, what grave, what grade would you give the church's draft at the time? Has that grade changed since then? And if so, why? Thanks. Keep up wow. the great work. <laughs> yeah it does sound like greg i'm it, gonna call this no, I'm, this I'm is calling it greg the seminarian yeah yeah we call you out we're on to you yeah greg the if listener. not otherwise we have a, great question otherwise great question slash you would be great friends with greg yeah. scatini so right um i mean i you always got to probably give a grade a being that you're hoping that the holy spirit like we believe that the holy spirit is inspiring the cardinals to pick the next pope right yeah kind of there's some debate about like whether that's you know negative or positive right Right. like positively inspiring the choice of a candidate versus preventing the choice of certain candidates Mm. right that's a it's an important difference right because there have been some pretty bad popes. Some pretty big go ba- schisms. Go back to the Renaissance popes. Yeah. Alexander the Sixth. Yeah. Or second or whatever. And there's been like false popes also. Antipopes. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I'm not saying it's just like automatically a grade A, but it also fear, feels weird being like, oh yeah, I give Benedict a, a A, but I give Francis a C. Why? I think people, okay, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to be willing to put myself out there and say, uh-huh. it. I think Pope Francis's sound bites are worse than the past few popes, that he says some things that people easily misconstrue. And I don't know if that's done on purpose. I don't know if that's just his personality or any of that. I don't know if it's the translation, but he tends and people will say, oh, he puts his foot in his mouth or those. No, I, I, I think he's a pretty smart man. And so I think he knows what he's saying. And I think that's why more people would give him a lower grade because he's not as likable. You have the heavy conservative Catholics that are just like, we love Pope Benedict. And you have some that are a little bit more <laughs> progressive or liberal that are like, Pope Francis is the change we hope in the world and, you know, this. Mm-hmm. And then you have a lot of current seminarians and different people like that who are like, we came from the JP2 generation and they they love Pope John Paul II, you know? I really think it depends who you are to give a grade on it. And who are we? But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Did any of that make sense? A little bit <laughs> here and there. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. Man, I don't know. <laughs> the The grade thing is hard. I'm not sure if it's appropriate for me as a priest to give a grade. Um, well, here, start easier. Just give a grade to your pastor and bishop, and then and then we'll grade <laughs> yeah. the pope. Yeah, and then we'll move up from there. All right. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna pass. I'm just straight up gonna pass on this one. Oh my gosh, you just just leave me out to dry here. Yeah, huh? yeah. I think that sums it up, though. I think there's there's different people choose to live out their Catholicism in very different ways every day, and I think certain people identify with certain personalities and certain popes better than others, and there's some that love Pope Francis. There's some Catholics I mean that aren't the biggest fan of Pope, uh, Pope Francis. And that's been the case for John Paul II. That's been the case for Benedict. I think at least in the circles I, I run with much yeah. more than a church cir- circle. And we, that's an important perspective. You know, I live in a church bubble, uh, sort of, um, I mean, especially being a seminarian. Yeah. You were in seminary during John Paul II or no? No. Okay. No. So that was... That was in like 2003 or something. When JP2 died, right? Four. Four? Four? Oh, that sounds I right. think 2004. So what year did you enter seminary? 2009. So I could imagine your respect and admiration for Benedict. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, who also... Heavy, yeah. A great scholar... And yourself being yeah. scholarly. I got to meet him one time and it made a, a huge impact on me. Yeah. Because I really looked up to him. Yeah. So I think that's the thing as well. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough to give. Can't give a grade. Yeah. Funny question. I don't know. I don't really want to get into it, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it just... That's not fair to our listeners either. Um, what just, about the soundbite part that I said? Yeah, so to, to respond to your your explanation, it is true that personalities attract different personalities and things like that, and we value different things in people. And like there's a, there's a distinction between someone who's perceived as like a man of action or a man for the poor or a man on mission mm-hmm. um, or a man who is uh, like a great scholar and clear thinker. Like... Like those kind of things certainly attract different people. Right. Um, and that's a very normal thing. The reason I'm being all kind of hesitant on this question is because I just, I find that under Pope Francis, I have to explain a lot what he's saying. And I don't always know. And that's something that he can control. He can be more clear. Um, and he's not, and I find that frustrating, but also hard to give a grade on, um, right? Because I don't know exactly what that is still. But would a good and maybe? I, I, I think yeah. that that I think that the lack of clarity causes a lot of division, and people are appropriating what he says to their own ends, and just frankly, a lot of confusion. And I, I really do struggle with that and the effect that it has on the faithful. And so, but do you feel the other popes would be clear on that, or would they not go there? I guess it depends. Like that's just I, I, I mean, think Pope Benedict said some things and did some things that got like bad press, but there was clarification on like. 
he said this in this context and it meant this and it made sense. It's hard to get the same clarification with the stuff Pope Francis says. Um, and it is true that we're, we're getting it uh, as sound bites. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's a much different thing. And so we have to be very careful about that. Um, do you feel culture plays into that, Father? I do. I mean, that I, he I comes do. from yeah, Argentina? From, from Argentina versus... Uh, like, like a German European. or Polish yeah, priest? European. No, I, I think it's a culture thing uh, in some ways. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I am. Because how old is Pope Francis? Do you know, ish? He's in his 70s, right? It's definitely. 80s? I think he might be close to 80, but I'm not sure if he is. Okay, because I was just going to... I remember somebody asked us earlier in a question, do you think another pope will abdicate, right? Um, Yeah. So it'll be interesting as... He's 83. 83, wow. I I guess a follow-up to this. I mean, in church world, is there already talk? Like among priests of who the next pope will be, that type I of mean, thing. There's been talk since uh, he since became. The, yeah. <laughs> so does it work like that? I mean, th- so it really is like that. Like other priests will talk about it oh, yeah. openly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, who's the next pope going to be? Who do you yeah. think they're going to select? No, I mean, so like the human side of the church, right? And the church is <laughs> is a divinely instituted human institution, mm-hmm. um, which means that there's politics because humans are political animals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so like, yeah, church politics is, is always right around the corner, especially in seminary and conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes like, I don't know, who do you think? And I was never very good at like, or, or just didn't care enough about researching the candidates and stuff like that. Like getting to f- learning who the cardinals were, it just like language basically <laughs> interested me a lot more yeah. than that kind of stuff. And so I would, if I was gonna research something, it would be some like dead language. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> instead of that's not applicable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something that has no consequence uh, to anything. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah, people. People talked about that, and especially with the with the like basically unprecedented um, abdication of Pope Benedict. Like, yeah, one of the first questions on people's minds were, "Well, Pope Francis isn't that young uh, when he was elected. He wasn't that young, and is he? He seems like he does all sorts of unexpected things. Like, could he do this? I when think would he does. It be? You don't think he does? No, I do think he does. You think he does? You you had told me you don't think he does, right? I don't know what I told you because I, I don't know. Like, I think he's inscrutable. Um, and yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's a wild card. Maybe there's a good quality to that. Uh, but, like, I really don't know. Um, I think he does. What do you want to wager? 
We should do like we both have this podcast. I'm not going to name it because we also have other friends that play fantasy football, but there's a podcast that we both listen to and they do this thing called water bet, which is um, they place a bet and then whoever loses the bet, they have to spin this wheel and it says different ways that they have to get water tossed on them. So like either like you know, upside down or, you know, right in one eye or like things like that. So yeah, we, right, we, we should, can, we, we need to figure out something. And, and I'll take the side of, let's do a bet of like, Hey, I bet you, you have to bake somebody 12 cookies or something. I don't know. Uh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's, let's set the bet, but set the terms of the bet later. Oh gosh. Because okay. we, we okay. both have a side, okay. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. think he will? I think, I guess I'll take the side that I think he won't. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so yeah. that's we'll, that. We'll keep our listeners terms updated. Of the bet, and, unless it happens in the next few days. Like, I think we've got time. Hopefully to, not. You hopefully know. not. There's enough going on. 2020. It is 2020, though. Um, yeah. I like that waterbed thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to figure it out. But I think that's enough. We, we drew out the Pope question long enough that, you know, our listeners are already confused. So um, we love your questions, everybody. Make sure to submit your questions through either our website, St. Parish slash PTP, stanamparish.org slash PTP, excuse me, or um, submit our questions on, um, what is it? Prodigalandthepriest at gmail.com prodigalandthepriest at gmail.com so on behalf of uh, Joey Scansella, Father Paul Bechter we want to say take care God bless